What's up, guys? It's Eddie Laughlin, co-founder of Shotgun House Coffee Roasters, and you're listening to Building Something Out of Nothing, a small business podcast right here in San Antonio. Today's guests are Dustin and Hannah of Roadmap Brewing Company. They invite me to their brew pub, and we talk about how they turned a home brewing kit as a wedding gift into one of San Antonio's newest and most popular downtown brew pubs. Enjoy. All right, so I'm sitting here with Dustin and Hannah, husband and wife team of Roadmap Brewing Company over here on Alamo. So what are we drinking right now? You gave me a beer, it's a kettle sour, you said? Yeah, so you're drinking a Professor Plum. It's actually our top selling beer at the moment. Um, we do rotate a lot of beers. That's our uh, kettle sour with boatload of plum in it. Um, so we also use lactose sugar, so we kind of call it a smoothie sour. Um, it's, it's, a, it's not too sour. No, yeah. no, so um, a lot of people, when we, they drink our sours, they're always surprised. Um, they're always like, it's more tart than it is sour. And that's generally how we, we want our sours to taste. It's okay. more on the tart side than that funky side. Dude, it's, it's super tasty. And what are you drinking there? Uh, I'm, I'm drinking uh, Electric Skateboard. It's our newest beer to the wall right now. It's our uh, Session IPA. We just uh, actually brewed it in um, air quotes with collaboration of one of our regulars who's okay. been uh, restationed down to Florida. So he's always wanted to get in the brew house and see how everything works. So uh, I brought him in for a brew day. The name comes from the fact that he actually owns an electric skateboard. So okay, he brought sweet. that here on brew day and we all got to play around on it. And it was fun. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Super tame. I mean, it's like 105 degrees outside. So yeah. 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 So a beer that's super nice. yeah, yeah. 4.8% alcohol is like perfect for this time of the year um, as opposed to some of our other beers, well, which are usually approachable, but uh, you know, even a 6% beer when it's 100 degrees outside can, can catch up to you. Believe it, I'm looking, is that the Craven Cottage that's 6.1%? 6.1, yeah. And that's one of my favorite ones. And yeah, yeah that's so still that's, super approachable. That's one, yeah, of yeah. Our, that's one of our like best beers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily our top seller, but it's a beer that we intend on continuing to brew. Good, because uh, I love it. It's really yeah, good. <laughs> it is a great beer. So I want to talk about this last Saturday to kick things off. Y'all helped have like the San Antonio Beer Week kickoff event. I was in Fredericksburg, so I couldn't go. I'm super bummed out, but I saw the photos and it looked like there were a lot of people. Yeah, I think we ended up having around 500 that day wow. through the doors That's of throughout some, the event. Th- throughout those hours that we were uh, hosting the event. It was a fantastic event. It was cool to get to see all the breweries in town uh, come together. So uh, did everyone kind of post up and have their own tent? How, how did that work? Yeah, so... Um, we actually had it in the parking lot right across the street on North Alamo. Blue Star let San Antonio Beer Week use their trailer that had a bunch of taps on it. Right. So everybody was able to uh, drink all of the beer in San Antonio out there <laughs> with a band. And then we obviously had our tap room open as normal with okay. all of our beers on tap. So. Which, uh, as we were talking about. Was it full in here? Uh, it was yes. very full in here. because It was of, quite a hot day. Oh, yeah. so, so the yeah. AC in here yeah. <laughs> was well Having a 70 degree... Uh, building helped. And we're going to talk about just kind of the vibe and the atmosphere yeah. in here, but ever since we've been coming in, I've always loved, I mean, obviously you kind of have to have it, but it's like super air conditioned and like nice and light and airy in here. And it's like the perfect atmosphere to like bring some friends and drink some beer, bring the kids, like whatever. And we'll, we'll get more into that. Yeah. So there's that collaboration beer. Was that yeah. offered as well? That dry hop Pilsner that kind of everybody brewed? And I, I saw the photo and I think we're both of y'all in that photo where it was like the group photo of that collaboration beer. Uh, oh, you, you were. Yeah, I was there for that day. So that beer was served on Saturday. Okay. Um, it was served across the street off the trailer. 
and then I was there for that brew along with most of the other brewers in town. Okay. Uh, and it was over at Alamo. Right. Generally speaking, we rotate who has the collaboration beer, and it's based on who can capacity. Yeah, who can have the space to brew it at the time. I guess that's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah, I would have happily hosted, except that uh, we're a pretty small production, and we didn't have the space to uh, produce that much beer at yeah. that time. So y'all are one of the new breweries kind of on the scene. A couple other ones. Kunstler's a little bit newer, I believe. And there's that Dos Cineros should, should be open sometime in 2019. And they'll actually be down the street from our, they'll be right by Kunstler. I, I've talked to, you know, Victor Montez from Southerly and some other guys. And, you know, the coffee scene in San Antonio is kind of like the beer scene in San Antonio. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like a tight-knit group in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah. Have they been accommodating and friendly to you guys? Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, I mean... I often will just send it. I actually got off the phone with Vera over at Kunstler earlier today. She needed something, and I had called her last week, and I needed something. And I'll go over for lunch at Southerly, and one of the best lunch deals in town. You know, pay the fifteen bucks or whatever for a beer and a lunch, and, oh, then, yeah. and then just pop upstairs and talk to Les for like thirty or forty minutes. Just okay, so super friendly, yeah. super cool. Yeah, yeah. which uh, is also kind of the whole scene for San Antonio Beer Week as a whole, since we're in the middle of Beer Week, that it's not about us individually. Obviously, having the welcome opening ceremonies here was awesome, but it's more about the community and just letting everybody know what's happening in the city as a whole. And I'm glad, I mean, it seems like, you know, especially with SA Beer Magazine kind of uh, promoting it a lot and things like yeah. that. I mean, clearly with 500 people showing up, someone's mm-hmm. doing something right. Y'all are yeah. getting the word yeah. out there now. and. That's awesome, man. That's just that's just good for the city, honestly. Exactly. Like cool things like that, and that's why I'm glad I live a mile away, and we can always come to stuff <laughs> like that. So I want to back up a little bit and talk about like the founding of the company. It looked like you got a home brewing kit for a wedding gift when y'all got married, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it just kind of started that way, as everybody has like a dream, and then it just turned into this. So I want to go back through kind of the steps of that. But so you got a home brewing kit. It was a wedding gift. Yeah. yeah. You just started tinkering with it. What year was this? Where were you living at the time? And uh, uh, So we lived in Pittsburgh at the time. And what, shoot, I should know this, when we got married, it was 2015. Well, it's four years tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, four <laughs> years. Yeah, it's happy anniversary, man. Thank God. So, yeah, so it was four years ago. I did, like, you know, with the kit came, like, the little ingredients and all that. And I did one beard like that. Yeah, with, and like, the syrup. I said, I kind of said, oh, that's, that's cool. And that was fun. And it turned out fine. But I didn't feel like I did it. Right. Uh, you it followed felt, instructions. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's just like we have HelloFresh at home. And, like, we, yeah. I, I enjoy cooking HelloFresh, but I don't feel like I cooked a right. meal. I don't I, feel like a chef. I yeah. use HelloFresh yeah. as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but so it, I quickly jumped out of that and then started reading a lot about how to design your own recipes. And then um, within probably five or six months, I had gone from, like, starting the kit to, like, my homebrew it was basically 10 gallons at a time and wow. I was doing all grain so I was you know milling and getting my own grains and, and making my own Lots recipes so who was drinking this beer at the time so you were uh, making it 10 gallons a lot a lot of beer someone's got to be drinking it family mostly also just friends you don't underestimate how much I can drink either right <laughs> oh, uh, dude, I'm with you that's generally the rule was like once you start making too much beer that like you can drink, you got to start finding ways to like get rid of it. Exactly. Because uh, the fun part is kind of at times brewing it. Okay. Trying different stuff. You know, you just start to make friends and coworkers and family. Really, is where it all went. Is the 
brewery and the brew pub the reason? Is that what brought you to San Antonio? Were you specifically seeking out a city to do this in, or did you come here for another reason? And then just yeah, started? so we moved down here actually. Um, so I have my master's in education. Actually, okay. I was I'm a middle school teacher by trade. Even with my master's up in Pennsylvania, it's difficult to get your own classroom. So we started looking at places to move. My sister and brother-in-law, and at the time our one niece lived down here. Okay, it made sense to move somewhere where we knew someone. I came down here, had three job interviews and three job offers in one day. Wow. Okay. Called back to Hannah in Pittsburgh and said, hey babe, I guess we're moving to San Antonio. Ten days later, we sold our house and we're on the road down here. Had you ever been to San Antonio before? I had visited my sister once and you had been in like whenever been, Tim my, Duncan was drafted. Yeah, my grandparents lived here in like the late 90s okay, and that was probably you, the last time I was here. So you had like no yeah, we had experience yeah. we had, with the city We had all. no idea what we were getting ourselves into and, and it, it, we lucked out. It's a great city. Okay. But it is very different than Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, See, and I've never been to Pittsburgh, so that Pittsburgh's makes me a fun wonder, city, yeah, dude, yeah. I, I've always wanted to go. But so we moved down here for teaching. I lasted, I taught for three and a half years up in Pittsburgh and then one year down here. Okay. Uh, by the April of 2017, maybe, I had put in my resignation and we're pretty much full in on this. Um, oh, so you were, you were teaching and all the while you were teaching, you were kind of behind the scenes thinking, man, this might be the perfect city to start. Yeah. Pub yeah. So, brewery. um, the, the short story version of it is basically I wrote the business plan in secrecy for about three months. There you go. And then took it to Hannah and got her signed on board. So you needed to go with her with a full <laughs> yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah, Well, I don't know if that, I, it was far from a full plan at that point. Yeah. Uh, but then I, then I, I think, you know, we kind of both grasped what it would mean for us lifestyle-wise and money-wise if we did it. Right. Uh, and then I rewrote the business plan about a billion other times and then took it to my dad to get uh Get funding, right? Um, and in that case, yes, I did definitely need a fully written business plan. So that's that's interesting because you know a lot of people have family members that that invest money into their new ventures and things like that. Would your dad on like did he drink the original beer that you had made back home? Was he kind of on board with this the whole time, or did he need a big pitch and a big sell? It's somewhere in between. Yeah, I'd say um, yes and it's no. somewhere in between. He uh, he always wanted to. So he just retired a couple months ago actually, but he always wanted to open up a bar or something when he retired. Okay. So I somehow swindled him into doing this instead. He lives in Florida with my mom, so they're not here all that often, but yeah, it wasn't that difficult to convince him when you think about the grand scheme of things. That's really interesting. So does he ever make it down to like run bar or taste beer? Or <laughs> yeah, like we that? don't generally let him behind the bar. Uh, he definitely tastes all the beer. He, uh, you know, he gets daily sales report numbers and we talk about weekly on, on business side stuff, but he, uh, I'm very fortunate that kind of a silent investor. So that, generally hands off. He kind of yeah, he's entirely hands off. I am majority owner, so even if he wanted to be hands on, I could. <laughs> right, no, uh, I think that's awesome, man. But uh, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't know too much about the brewing process. He uh, He's brewed with me a couple times here, uh, just as like a bystander, like basically. Prefer, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in town, yeah. I'll come down. So he's done that a couple times, but he doesn't have any input on as far as what we brew or how much or, okay. you know, that type of stuff. So, operations. so you pitch it to Hannah, she signs off. You pitch it to your dad, <laughs> he signs off. What was the next step? Was it finding a building? Yeah, yeah. so uh, so I'm fortunate that my dad comes from a commercial real estate background um, and my brother-in-law comes from a commercial real estate background. Okay. And so that was, uh, we got him signed on and theoretically fully funded. I say theoretically because you're never fully funded. So I got that all signed on about February of 2017. Uh, and then we spent the next 10 months looking for a location that made sense. Oh, wow. um, we spent, we came very close to signing a lease on Main Street in Bernie. Uh, we wow. came very close to signing a lease three buildings down. down. 
uh, where now is where Oso CrossFit is. Yep. Both fell through due to different reasons. Um, so you, so you wanted those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. Um, yeah. I mean, Oso is still the same landlord. So. Yeah, yeah. So we have the same landlord as, as as the one that was down the street. Yeah, there's there's an interesting mix. You go through all these waves of you think the building's really cool or you think the location's really cool, and and oftentimes you, you can't find both. And this place actually never even went on the market. The previous tenants were moving out and before they listed it the broker knew that we were interested in the area because of the two doors down and contacted us um, before this tenant even moved out so it was kind of, and that's how i've noticed even with buying my home that's how a lot of things have to happen yeah. with everyone yeah. looking for things constantly if this one on the market would have been gone in a week yeah right yeah. and so yeah. the fact that you and this is why i always tell people it pay, if you have any interest it pays to be looking around yeah and making contacts with real estate uh, very much agents or developers or whatever it is because then they'll find something and contact you before it's even so that's exactly what happened yeah, that's so what got happened your here it. and you know it's it's interesting because uh those 10 months were a really long 10 months i mean i had gotten a cold call about maybe coming to teach in alamo heights right. um, and like i was like shoot did we make the right decision um it's not easy to be that patient about finding the right location and even once we found this place we spent about six weeks negotiating the lease down to the finer points like there was a clause in there that we couldn't have dogs and like hey well we wanted to have dogs in here right um, you know you'll see our own dog running around and you know all the minute points it's it's frustrating as a business owner to, to take the time to negotiate those but you also you know we want this business to be here in 30 years right. so uh those six weeks shouldn't mean everything well and it's a business it's not yeah. always it's going to be like fun and game the brewing beer it's like a, and that's a, a lot of things with the coffee business the brewery like whatever it is it's not just making coffee it's yeah. not just roasting coffee and drinking coffee yeah. it's like that's a bunch a of stuff that's not fun yeah i always tell people that my business card says owner slash brewer mm -hmm. and owner comes first and sometimes uh that's frustrating as a brewer because sometimes i have to brew beers that sell really well that right. i don't like right um, and other times i have to tell myself oh i have this really fun idea as a brewer you know and the artist side of that and i'm like you know, the owner part of my head has to chime in and say, yeah. no one's going to buy that. Yeah, completely. Um, Unless you can be like a super rare release type yeah. thing. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you can like bottle it and whatever. But so you find the building. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a, a super like burgeoning area of Broadway and yeah. uh, kind of like in between downtown and the Pearl, like super cool area that I keep telling people is just going to absolutely blow up in the next few years. How long did it take you to build this out? And what did it look like? What, what were the raw bones like when you started? Uh, so, so. For those listeners who've never been in here, there's basically no walls. Uh, we tore pretty much every wall down. So there were walls? Uh, there were walls. Uh, so behind where you're sitting, there was about a 10 by 12 room. We called it the spark plug because it was this weird okay. office that had about 16 outlets in it. Uh, <laughs> and we tore that down. Uh, there was a wall across the front side where the glass windows are. Okay. Um, that was like more of a showroom area. And we tore that down. Interesting. Uh, pretty much the only walls that you see are ones that we put up. We actually, the, behind the Texas map when you walked in and those two big white walls, that's actually our space as well. Uh, we subleased it for two years. Interesting. Uh, okay. We don't need that space right now, uh, but in two years. But right, when, in a year, in, it, in a year yeah, we will take it back and we'll use it as a private event space. So you've already talked about that. That's something yeah, you'd like um, to do. Yeah, so we're technically their landlords. So so who helped design the space? Obviously, it's very open and airy, mm -hmm. and but you know you had to have that vision if there's walls everywhere and it just looks like crap. Yeah, so, so we did, uh, one of the first things we did was get in touch with an architect. Uh, okay. We used uh, Cameron Smith with uh, Smith Dish, so she works on her own now. She used to work at Lake Plato, and we got in touch with her she 
did a fantastic job, but at other times, I think that uh, we were we knew what we wanted. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, she understood that, that we wanted an open field where the tanks were on display. Okay. And, you know, we kept referring to this area over here as our indoor beer garden. Which um, I think is awesome. That, and I was thinking, when we first came here for the first time, I think we had just gotten back from Milwaukee. And if you go around the country, there are other brew pubs similar yeah. to this. And I was always waiting. I guess the, they kind of have something similar at Freetail, but the beer... <laughs> production isn't on yeah. display as much it's not as large and like family friendly yeah and this place is just games everywhere and you have a big screen for the games and you have uh, cornhole and all the whole production side is on display and it's just a nice open airy feel it reminded me of breweries we've been to in seattle and milwaukee specifically and yeah. i was like man i'm super happy that yeah, and we, i don't know uh, if that's what you're going for yeah but yeah we, uh, exactly we uh we have a phrase and it, it sometimes comes across as like a mean phrase but it, it's it's not intended that way it's just we're probably the least san antonio san antonio brewery mm -hmm. uh and we mean that in, in a great way we love the city but we modeled this space after northeast and northwest breweries there you go. Okay. Um, those are the breweries that are we, already booming yeah those are the breweries that we've gone to that we enjoyed going to you know we did our second our first anniversary in seattle a lot of breweries are set up like this uh, we lived in pittsburgh this is how most breweries are set up in pittsburgh awesome yeah. um, the northeast as well where i grew up this is what breweries look like so we just kind of wanted to bring that down here and y'all were both on the same page in, oh, yeah. in terms of that so like that wasn't hard at all yeah that, there's you know, a it, it was a uh, it was a non-starter if we couldn't have the equipment on on display but uh it was a non-starter if we couldn't do that we, we went through a couple spaces uh Actually, we looked at where uh, Still Golden is now. Okay. Still Golden. Was that available? It was yeah. available. Really? Um, we, we were pretty deep in negotiations, but it came down to it was going to become very hard. Yeah, hard and cost detrimental to make those walls go away. I could see that, yeah. Uh, they're all concrete walls. What's the square footage in here, by the way? So this uh, part we're sitting in is seven seven thousand. Um, yeah, the entire place is eighty two hundred. So there's twelve hundred okay. square feet that is subleased right now. And uh, what's the capacity? We're at one forty seven indoors. Actually, our biggest limiting factor on that is actually our restrooms. So theoretically, if we added some more toilets, we could actually go back to the city and get a higher occupancy. And if people come in, so they, they come in off the street, they come in with friends, whatever it is, obviously you have a full selection of fresh beers on tap that you brew every week or whatever it is. But if they want food, they can bring their own food or there's kind of like rotating food trucks. I've gotten barbecue, like barbacoa, grilled cheese yeah. and stuff. Do they rotate? Do you have the same ones all the time? How does that work? Typically we have food trucks every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and now even most Sundays. Thursday is pretty much always Miso American, which is yeah. like an Asian American. Uh, and again, that goes back to, um, they were very supportive of us and, and when we first started. We want to be supportive mm -hmm. back to them I and give them their regular awesome. night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we probably have like four or five others. Yeah, I think that we have kind about of, a rotation of six or seven now. Yeah, that we kind of rotate through. But our goal is to kind of every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, people kind of come in know, okay. knowing what to expect. So let's talk beer a little bit. I guess Dustin, this will be more you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I asked you before we started this this interview about the barrel system and how many barrels. I'm looking at your tanks right now. They don't look. I'm just comparing it to breweries that I've seen in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, they're not, they're not big. They don't big. look super huge by no. any means. I mean, they look big, but not super, you know, mass production yeah, type yeah. style. Yeah, so they're, uh, so all of our tanks currently are seven barrel tanks, which in layman's terms, one barrel is 31 gallons. Okay. So just uh, what I always tell people is just 
one batch of beer for us is about 210 gallons. Now, we actually uh, recently expanded, we expanded production by 50% about six months in uh, to keep up. So the two tanks closest to us currently, right. they look slightly bigger, but they're not, just different dimensions. But yeah, so there's a couple other seven barrel systems in town. Uh, Kunzler is one, High Wheel is another. That's okay. seven barrels. That as makes well. sense because I think of that as like comparable kind yeah. of yeah. sizes of breweries and things like yeah, that. Yeah, back to the business plan. I mean, the business plan probably started at three, went to five, went to seven, then went to ten, and then back down to seven. And why does it fluctuate like that? Um, it depends on the space and how much beer you think you can sell. Our okay. whole business model is to sell as much possible beer, you know, 100% currently right. in the actual brewery. Okay. So it doesn't make any sense to produce more than you can sell. Right. Also, freshness, uh, you, you know, you don't want stale beer, sitting around. batch of beer sitting around for okay. four or five months. This is interesting. I'm already learning about uh, yeah. starting a brewery. <laughs> so how many beers do you currently have on tap? I don't know if you have that memorized. I'm looking at the list right over there. Yeah, it's 13. So you have 13 beers on tap. How often do you rotate that? And how often, like, what makes you say, you know what, let's throw a new one in there? And, and kind of what are your more popular ones right now? Yeah, so we have 13 beers on tap. We opened with nine. We have not ever fallen below 10 cents. Okay. We have 13 taps on our wall, so we try to keep all 13 full due to logistical reasons. Sometimes it goes down to 12 or 11. As far as, we have about five or six that are always up there. And then the other ones, we try to stay with the same style, but we might do a different beer. Uh, an example would be our New England IPAs. We rotate our New England IPAs because we want, you know, they sell well, but also the brewer in me says, it's boring brewing the same beer over and over. Right. Um, so we usually have one of them up there, and when that one gets close to being gone, we'll re-brew something different. Same with our kettle sours. Those are kind of our newest adventure. Okay. Uh, they're, they're, my, they're my current playground, Super, so super tasty, man. I love yeah, that yeah. We're one of the few people in town right now that's doing it, which I think is why they're selling them so well. Um, but it's also just right now, that's one of the, the areas of the brewing that I'm most passionate about. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to play around with. And do you get a lot of... Uh, I guess beer nerds coming in here. I mean, I, I, yeah. I assume because it's so family friendly, you have a wide variety of people coming in. Yeah, yeah, we're um, we are an approachable brewery. Uh, you know, uh, we don't ever intend to be like the like elite elite super beer, elitist, yeah. Um, which is what our beers reflect, I think. Um, but we do get you know the so quote unquote beer nerds that come in here. But yeah, I mean, we try to rotate in a new beer about every two to three weeks. And I always joke with Chris, our taproom manager, that. Like, we say that, but it never works out that way. Right. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll go, like, a month with no new beers, and then we'll have one week where we release three. And then we'll have another week, and we release a new one. Well, and you're, so you're the head brewer. Are you the only guy yeah, that so, brews beer right yeah, now? Yeah, so I'm the only person who works on the production side, which I guess, technically, we have we have someone uh, yeah. that we uh, come in to wash kegs and do some takes. So he helps you out with some of the more, like, Yeah, on Monday stuff. and Tuesday nights, he'll come in, and, uh, and that, was, that was very late. In the process, I mean, yeah, that was, was about a, a month ago. ago. Wow. Um, do, you, do you see that changing at all, or do you just want to? So, in future? an ideal world, I, I'm the one brewing the beer, and, okay. and I and I still have you know a tie to the front of house, but I I, I don't want to give up my ring too much. Um, I'd like to see some other people come in with some ideas, but I want to be there. Part yeah, of why I, mean, I think you're doing. It. I mean, you've been open for less than a year now. Your yeah. anniversary is going to be in September, is yeah, that yeah. it? And so, yeah, I mean, you're just keep doing it the way you're doing it. I yeah. say, I mean, it's been working well and. Yeah, we actually, uh, just on the car ride down here, we're talking, um, we operated 
that's a very, very small team. We're still a small team, but uh, it was just me, Hannah, and Chris, our taproom manager now. Um, until? From September till about February, February. which is crazy, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the three of us, you know, we were always, always here. And it's nice to be able to get a little bit of a break. We've got two new bartenders, or new-ish. I mean, they're So you can take a breather. Team. When you're not brewing yeah. beer, you can actually take um, a breather. And and we got out. more recently someone to help me with some keg cleaning and some stuff to save me. And that's, hours, that's all. So. That all. That's all the stuff that happens in that first year where you, yeah. you say, yeah. "God, I can't. I'm going to go crazy if I'm just here 19 hours a day." Like we yeah, have got, yeah. we've got to be able to take a break, and it's 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 good for the company, honestly. Yeah. It's good for the production and like the, the health of the company and the quality of the you know everything. Do you offer tours right now? So what we always say is no, but uh, if you have any questions, we're happy to answer. Um, okay. Part of what uh, it's kind of it would feel disingenuous to give you a tour because it's all on display. It's the right. It's actually, right there. You kind of point to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we always joke we can give the we can give the tour from, from behind, behind the, bar. the bar. Well, that's um, what's so nice about the open concept. Yeah. I can see the grains over there and yeah. I can see the barrels over here. It's and, like and actually it kind of happened by accident, but the way it's laid out is very linear. It goes from left to right. Okay. Uh, the entire brewing process goes from left to right, and uh, so it's very easy to. Point and say this is where it starts and it goes this way from that tank to this tank or this tank. You know there are some bigger breweries and I've been on some good breweries where after a certain amount of time it's like I get how beer is made. Um, yeah, for sure, and I think most people do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like yeah, it's not something you necessarily need. Yeah. I was just curious if that's if something somebody wanted to they could come. Yeah, no. Place. Generally speaking, if it's slow like right now, if we had uh, if, if there was two bartenders on right now, I'd say the second one could happily take you around and show you show you what everything does. No, all of our bartenders are knowledgeable enough yeah. to give a, a basic tour at least. So recently you've been offering some of these canned options. I'm looking at Tanner uh-huh. over there going on some photos from uh, from Due South, one of the digital media contractors that you'll have helping yeah. you know, with some of your branding and stuff. What are these canned releases and how can people kind of get a hold of them? Technically speaking, they're not really canned releases. We do all of our uh, we do all of our beers in 32 ounce crowlers to go. Okay, okay. Um, and I'll come back to the can release concept because that is something that we want to get to. Yeah. So uh, right around the corner from here, we have a fridge with every beer that's on tap. There's already filled 32 ounce crowlers. You saw uh, Sydney filling them when she opened. That's part of our opening checklist. Is, awesome. Is to fill them so that they're as fresh as possible. But at the same time, we do have the fridge pre-stocked for a reason because okay. filling them um, can often down the bar and, it, and, and there's nothing worse than you're a customer that's sitting there and you just want another beer and someone comes in and orders six crowlers absolutely yeah uh, so it's nice to have them ready to go. yeah and, 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 and also from the business standpoint people uh, they're much more of an impulse buy okay uh, people people see them they're already filled it's no-brainer grab that labeling the up there like get it yeah yeah, look, yeah. Get it looking nice. yeah so we've had uh, do south worked on a couple of the beers that we, we stick on the board all the time uh, with the branding uh, okay. it's a fun way to kind of get outside of the brand but also stay within the brand um, kind of give some more character to you know like my favorite beer that we brew is Mini Van Dad and I love the branding around that what, what is Mini Van Dad? Mini Van Dad's our double IPA okay yeah you know, it's the beer for all the Mini Van Dads inside of us but so it's fun to have some of that branding uh, we even have shirts and, and stuff built around some of those beers very sweet and it's, it's just a fun way to get the roadmap name out there but but without having to just slap our logo directly on your face. No, I think it's great. And it's like a nice creative spin yeah. on kind of the brand and stuff like that. I know you're less than a year in, so you're probably not looking for massive expansion or anything like that. But kind of what's what's in store, what's in the pipeline for, for Roadmap? Do you have a, maybe a food program coming at some point or more large-scale distribution? Bottling, you were talking about canning, any, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I can... Uh, that you can uh, talk about? Yeah, no, I can, t- I can talk about it all. I'm trying to think of the best and politest way to say hell no to food. Okay, um, yeah, no, we that's great. We would love 
for a restaurant to go in next door. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyone who's got a restaurant idea that wants to pitch it for next door, that's a different, but um, it's tough enough running one business. And uh, oh, we dude. see when you have a restaurant, Completely. you're basically running the second business. Right. Uh, and that's not where our passion is. So it doesn't make sense for us to go into something. And, you know, like you said, working 18, 19 hour days, yeah. it's easier when it's something you love. But if it's food where I love cooking at home, but not. Well, it's hard to maintain quality too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're then running a restaurant, it's like a restaurant is so many ingredients yeah. going into it, yeah. so many moving parts, and like, yeah, if you're trying to so, do that, so on the food, yeah. Beer, yeah, that's on the food side. I, I think I like where we're at. We would like to get a little more of a steady rotation of food trucks, okay. uh, so that's more of a schedule. On expansion of production, we actually that 50% expansion in production that I talked about that was at like year or at month six or seven mm-hmm. happened way earlier than I thought it would, but. I don't foresee us having any big expansions anytime soon. Um, like I said, our business model is to sell out of taproom. I think that's great. The one exception will be uh, what I just alluded to was the can releases. I would love to get to a point where we can do uh, either mobile canning or get a small canning line ourselves. Okay. And do uh, can releases in more of the traditional sense of like, hey, here's this really badass new double uh, IPA we got. Uh, we're gonna run. You know, two thirds of it through on the canning line to come grab it on Saturday morning. So it literally, we you wouldn't be distributing it anywhere else. It would be, uh, it would be yeah. in, in the brewery. Yeah. yeah. So we want to get all our sales through this building. I think that's great. And, and it comes back to you know the number of questions we get on a daily basis about can we put this in your bar or when are you guys going to be in HEB and right and and you got to what, what, what are your answers to some of those questions? Our answers generally are is, is that's just not the path we're on. Okay. Um, there's nothing wrong with a production brewery. I've seen some great ones. I drink some great production brewery beers, but that's not what we want. Uh, we open this brewery to yeah grow a community, make a decent living, raise a family here, and then I always joke maybe retire in 30 years and sell it to some dumb 27 year old. <laughs> And the other line I always like to say is, is that it's it's also just not business savvy. If you're outside the industry, it often can, you, you think, oh, your beer's in every grocery store. Right. Uh, you think that that's, that's a good thing. Um, but there's a lot of pitfalls that come with growing. Growing too quickly. Yes. Yeah. Things yeah. like so, that. I think a lot of people make that mistake. The biggest downfall breweries is going too big too quickly. And why do you, why do you think people do that? Ambition is too much? Yeah. Once they see the money, they just immediately reinvest it but that's not necessarily always the best okay. yeah, strategy and I think at uh, a conference we just were in Denver one of the big things was like how to say no yeah. it's like it is it is so easy to fall into that trap that like all these bars owners and all these people are contacting you and saying I want your beer on and it's so easy to just say yeah 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 I want more people to taste my beer but the moment it leaves this building we lose control of it and you know like I said we have an empty tank right now. We brew beer that we need to brew uh, so that we can sell it here. Uh, it takes an incredible amount of restraint, too. I mean, like like you were saying, so many people just jump on that immediately. And I think, yeah, oh, it does. I've invested so much money into this. It'd be great just to get X amount back or even more than I was expecting. But it's really cool that you're just kind of keeping it here in-house. If people want to come taste your beer, they got to come down here to Yeah, yeah. And, you know, or, you know, in the, in the near future or far future, I'd like, you know, some can releases. But they still come here to get it. It's an interesting thing. We didn't get into this to become famous or like, I, I have no ego on me as the brewer that like, oh, I need all these people to taste my beer. I'm like, I, I'm perfectly happy being the bartender behind the bar that serves on the beer and they tell me how they think. I think that's awesome, man. I mean, you are, you're serving the beer, you're brewing the beer. Like you said, there's like five, six people on staff. It's a small, I mean, for the size of the space, I would expect more than that. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a small Yeah, sometimes operation. I wonder if we're crazy for that. But <laughs> we, we, we like to have our staff that like, we want people on staff that work hard and, and want to, you know, want to be a part of the community that we're growing. Outside of Roadmap, what's your favorite brewery or beer that's kind of out right now? It doesn't have to be local or San Antonio, it can be. 
but just like what are you drinking that's not y'all or, or are you even doing that oh no actually yeah so that's the ironic part of owning a brewery is that we don't drink much beer at home okay yeah. uh we drink a lot of beer here right or like at other breweries but we have a lot of people bring us beer yeah um, <laughs> that's cool. in town i mean it's it's tough because i'm so close with so many of the people i do generally tell people that we always go to if, if we're not here and we're out we're probably at like kunstler or southerly hell yeah kunstler's got great food and great beer it's an awesome uh, place, friendly man. people too mm-hmm. And, and you know I love their Hawaiian Fog. It's a great beer. I I've been drinking all sorts of different things around town. Uh, the Tups, which is out of Dallas, I think. Oh yeah. They're the Tups dry, double, dry double dry hop, hop series. I've never heard of that. Yeah. So it's DDH. I think they're on DDH 11, which is like a pina colada. I, I wasn't necessarily a fan of that one, but uh, you know it's it's fun to get out there and try some different stuff. Uh, I don't think we'd be a very good brewery if we didn't try other people's beer because right and it's know, not even necessarily trying the competition it's just like no, you know and i never enjoying I, yeah. you know the fact that you know we go to kunzler i don't see kunzler's competition and that's not a disrespect to them i hope they picture me the same way it's it's we're in this together you're in this community you're yeah. trying to make san antonio better i mean this yeah. is where you live this is where you want to raise a family and they're the same way and that's what that's what's great about smaller companies yeah. and especially companies that want to keep it small yeah and that's their that's their ambition and that's their motivation and i think that's exceedingly rare and I think that's a really cool thing so if someone's listening to this podcast right now and maybe their goal is to open up a, a brewery or a winery one day whether it's production or whether it's you know a more small-scale microbrewery type thing what's one piece of advice that you would give them and what's something you've learned through this whole yeah. process uh yeah oh actually ironically I did just tell someone who's opening a brewery across town uh plastic cups on your grand opening and uh, <laughs> there you go. and uh flood your brewery so you know where your uh your drain should are. be oh, uh, but those are more like practical things I think ask questions it's like it's it's yeah you'd be amazed um you don't know what you don't know yeah and and ask the right questions i mean we get a lot of home brewers and i I was a home brewer and you know coming in and and asking questions about how we brew this beer and and that's those are good questions i'm happy to answer those but when you're opening a brewery or a winery as you said like the business needs to be your first concern because if you're opening a brewery or a winery you more than likely know beer or wine but what's also true most of the time is that you know nothing about business Um, so reach out to people in your industry try to understand what their numbers look like uh, so that you can tweak your numbers um, really be open to the devil's advocate of like oh this is you know don't just go in and be like this is gonna be the greatest idea ever we do some things here currently that like I thought we would never do so even in that first year you're already doing yeah yeah. yeah. it's just how it happens don't be uh, too rigid in in your way it's it's it is fun to say hey we know what we're doing it's you know this is what everyone does wrong but it's easy to say yeah. that yeah and then once you get into the the thick of it it's kind of like well this is how certain thing now i understand this is yeah. why certain things have to go the other the thing that I, um, I can't remember who gave me this advice and it was great advice is uh reach out to those who have failed and they're harder to find for obvious reasons but uh it's always harder to ask someone why they failed right but generally speaking they're going to have the most valuable information. they're going to have good uh, good information and there are local business i've talked to chris cullum who when we opened up our coffee shop came over and he doesn't run a coffee shop but he runs a business and he yeah. has a bar and a food operation and he said and if you ever have any questions you're about to get into the hardest part so yeah. if you ever have any questions i've done it i've done not so well and i've done really well so let me know any questions you have yeah. so those people are out there so yeah. seek them out and yeah, yeah. ask questions and yeah not everybody's against you people are especially with like small businesses like ours and stuff like everybody just wants each other to succeed so don't be like afraid yeah. I, I agree there are cutthroat people out there but san antonio is a pretty friendly city yeah and yes in every industry there's going to be those people that are just trying to get ahead and they'll do whatever they can but honestly find find the cool people they're out there yeah, yeah. 
ask questions. All right, so what are the hours of operation for Roadmap? Close Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday and Thursday, we're open from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. Friday, 4 p.m. to midnight. And then Saturday, noon to midnight. Sunday, noon to 8 p.m. Okay, and if they're wanting to reach out to you, anybody that's uh-huh. listening uh, on your website, social media, anything like that, what's the best way to contact y'all about any questions someone might have? Yeah, either reach out to us on social media through like direct message or uh, our info. And those are, and those are all at, uh, at Roadmap Brewing. Yeah, all at Roadmap Brewing. And then our website has our info email, which is just at info at roadmapbrewing.com. Sweet, awesome. And so I know NBA season just ended, but football season will be coming up. Up, college yep. and uh, NFL in the next like three months yeah. hey, around the time yep. you're having your one-year anniversary yeah, exactly. uh, y'all are gonna have all the games on the big screen or a lot of the big ones yeah so yeah. Uh, so we we always do tell people we're not a sports bar but we have a TV like okay. we have the big screen uh, so during football season was when we first opened uh, the way we tackled that was Cowboys or Texans game right you um, have a game on and you have a 20 game yeah on, but yeah. yeah and and you know if you're if you're one of the first people here and we have that game we're happy to change the channel for you right but, uh, we generally put on the games that the people care about. Uh, it gets a little tricky on Saturdays sometimes because okay. college football, uh, a lot of those games overlap. Right. Um, but one of the Texas schools There's is usually A lot usually of allegiances. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, it's hot. It's 105 degrees outside. It's going to be like that the rest of the summer, so it's like beer drinking time. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, it's, nice. yeah. It's, it's a nice chilly 70 in here, though. Oh, dude, it feels fantastic in here. Yeah. They keep it nice and cool. So, yeah, bring your kids, bring your friends, come down here. They have a huge capacity. Thanks for coming, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Building Something Out of Nothing. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can email me at ed, that's ed6238, at gmail.com. As always, you can visit either one of our locations seven days a week. Our roastery and first location is over at Warehouse 5 at 1333 Buena Vista Street. And our second location that opened up just over two months ago is at 1010 South Flores Street in the vibrant neighborhood of Southtown. If you'd like to serve Shotgun House coffee roasters in your restaurant, cafe, or office, shoot us a quick email at orders at shotgunhouseroasters.com or contact me anytime at 254-913-9031. Our intro music is provided by the Delicate Boys from Austin, Texas. You can find this song and their entire album on Spotify. Thanks.